Hello, you're listening to Sending the Experts with Georgina Durant. This podcast is all about teaching and supporting children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, SCND. My name is Georgina Durant. I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by Twinkle SCND. As a former teacher in Senko myself, I wanted to create a platform to share some of the amazing things that my guests are doing to support learners with SCND. So whether you're listening on your commute, tuning in whilst walking your dog or curled up on the sofa with a nice cup of coffee, thank you so much for joining us. In this special Christmas episode, I'm very, very excited to be joined by Alora Dodd. Alora is an autistic comedian who uses her unique perspective to spread joy. She also enjoys spreading understanding of autism to her half a million followers online. And you can find her under her name or her digital pseudonym, Online One Room Schoolhouse. Hi, Alora. How are you? Hi, Georgina. It's so good to see you. Finally. <laughs> you too. Um, so tell us a bit more about what you actually do and how you got into being a comedian because it's really cool. Well that has a lot to do with my digital pseudonym online one room schoolhouse. When the pandemic started um, I had just recently left college because it wasn't working for me. I realize now it's because I'm autistic but I didn't know back then. Yeah. And I saw so I had time on my hands and I was an emotional wreck and a lot of other people were stuck at home so I just decided to start live streaming history lessons and so I started creating a bunch of history content online people loved that and eventually I realized that I liked making people laugh more than I liked talking about history even though I really (laughs) love history so I just kind of transferred to being a comedian but at that time the name stuck so online one room school has nothing to do with comedy but it's it's the name of all my comedy accounts. No, that makes sense. I did wonder actually. I wondered what the link was between that between that name and what you do now. That makes sense. Okay. So, Alora, you're autistic. Can you tell us when you were diagnosed? So I was diagnosed at 22 years old, right after my 22nd birthday, and I suddenly my whole life made sense. Yeah, I'd always known I was different on a fundamental level, but I'd already I always seen myself as. Well, I tried to see myself as someone who was equal, even though they were different, but inside there was so much shame and so much guilt for not being like everyone else. And I was convinced if I just tried harder, oh. I would be totally normal. And that's never worked for anyone in the history of the universe. <laughs> no. <laughs> so when I, like autistic or not, everybody's got something weird about them that they can't hide. And that's just life. Um, but I really, I really tried and it messed with my mental health to an extreme level. So I'm finally learning how to be a mentally healthy adult mm-hmm. at 22, 23 years old. Cause I never had the chance to learn before. Cause my whole life was defined by trying to change innate details of myself that can't be changed. Yeah. So I'm doing much better now and yeah. I really enjoy it. But also because my life has had such a great massive turnaround since I got diagnosed, I really want to help other people. So I talk a lot about autism. Yeah. And I really want other people who might've been in shoes that I was in to be able to get diagnosed themselves. Yeah, that's brilliant. So hopefully people watching you can sort of relate and think, oh, wait a minute, perhaps I'm autistic and then get that diagnosis earlier perhaps and understand themselves better. Mm Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So you have a huge social media following. You've got, I believe, 405,000 on TikTok. Is that right? 
Uh, I think we're up to 410,000. Wow. And I then, think you're going off the numbers on my Twitter bio, which I, I am. approximately <laughs> never. <laughs> well, my next one might be wrong then. I've got 100K on Instagram. Is that bigger now as well? Oh, we're about to hit 130K. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. What are the advantages and disadvantages of having such a large social media following? Have you found that uh, obviously it's brilliant for raising awareness of autism and raising understanding of mm-hmm. autism? but have you found any downsides to it? Well, yeah, it's it's an intensive job. I mean, I'm, I think probably going to the Olympics is harder, but I compare it to <laughs> going to the Olympics in the sense that it's not something you can just turn on and off. Yeah. It's when you're being a digital creator, it affects every part of your life. So you have to learn how to have really strong boundaries mm-hmm. or else it'll eat you alive. <laughs> um, it just, it has to do with how you live and how you spend your time and yeah. how you spend your money and where you go. And that's great if that's something you're into, Mm -hmm. but you just have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, like, like if you're training for the Olympics, it is your life, even though it's technically kind of your job, but more realistically, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. 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 Um, Being an online creator is like that because your phone is in your hand. And so your job is with you everywhere you go. Yeah. No escaping all the time, (laughs) but you know, this you're a podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. So this is our Christmas special, hence the awful Christmas jumper that I'm wearing. Um, So I'm keen to talk about Christmas and supporting autistic children in particular and young people over sort of the festive period. Mm -hmm. As a child, just when you were a child, how did you find Christmas? What was tricky about it? Uh, What was tricky about Christmas? I mean, let's go with the basics. I don't think this is just for autistic kids, but Mm -hmm. Christmas is just really hectic. Yeah. And whether you're an adult or a kid or autistic or not, it can get really overwhelming because there's just so much going on. And as an autistic kid, I definitely felt that. Yeah, that makes sense. In terms of sensory issues, I know we spoke about this via email um, Mm -hmm. when we're talking about Christmas and then Christmas jumpers, like sequins, costumes, that sort of thing can, can be hugely irritating and annoying for for everybody but in particular perhaps some autistic people what are your experiences from like a sensory point of view of Christmas what and what would your advice be for like parents and teachers of autistic children trying to be aware of like the sensory side I mean there's a lot there's a lot that happens and I'm just getting to the point as an adult of actually discovering where my sensory issues are yeah because as a kid if especially if people don't know you're autistic you're just told deal with it deal with it deal with it so you're trained through shame and humiliation to never pay attention to where your discomfort is actually coming from so as an adult you're supposed to figure out how to handle yourself and how to live your life maturely and you have no idea how to do basic self-care tasks like mm-hmm. other people might know this sound is annoying me, so I'm going to stop it. But I was so in a haze of just don't pay attention to how you feel that I just knew I felt really bad, but I didn't know why. So as yeah. an adult, I'm learning all these sensory things and I can make quite a list of things I dealt <laughs> with as a kid. First off, like you said, clothing. Yeah. I know at Christmas time, so many people want to put their kids in those super cute outfits that they can take amazing family photos in. But let's just list a few things that are on those outfits. Yes. Well, let's start with the basics. Maybe there's tags, maybe the fabric is scratchy. A lot of sweaters are made with thicker yarn that isn't particularly soft. Yes, it's this just one meant to look not. colorful. This one is exactly like that, Elora. It's it's awful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I didn't have a Christmas outfit. I just had this green dress. And then I thought if I put a corset on, it would look formal. But I just look weird. No, no. And so, and as we were saying, I think I brought the Christmas for both of us. <laughs> I mean, I look gorgeous, but also weird. <laughs> oh, no. Seriously, though, this is a side note. I got corsets because of um, deep pressure. You know oh, how cool. weighted blankets? Yeah. Um, can help you because of the deep pressure Um, hugs your dog sitting on your lap and so I got these corsets they're really high quality so and they're not meant for waist training so they're not trying to squish my organs they're just really (laughs) nice fashion corsets and they do I'll wear them in public and they help yeah that's really interesting all the time not every day is a corset day (laughs) some days are not corset days but if I'm just going out for a couple hours it feels really good yeah. So I'm just like, because I know that some autistics wear like weighted vests, but like I said, I'm a bit of a diva. Back to the um costumes and the feel of the clothes. So we said like this sort of material, not so good because this is scratchy, itchy, horrible. What mm-hmm. other what other things do parents, you were saying parents put kids in stuff for the photographs and like there's, yeah, there's like woolly, itchy material. What else is there that bothers? well long sleeves and long pants some people really hate long sleeves and long pants I'm one of them I can't stand because it feels like it's something touching my skin the entire time because you know pants like if this is your leg and this is your pant oh this is a podcast they can't Oh no, they'll see, see you. No, no, the video, those, if you're if you're listening to the podcast now and you're wanting to see what Alora is doing, if you head over to YouTube, you'll be able to see. <laughs> here's your leg, and yep. here's the pants material. All day long it's going. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> and so um that is awful to me. <laughs> Which is annoying because I know that. You know, if you're not autistic, you might not notice, which sounds like a lovely way to live. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't have that luxury. Um, So long sleeves and long pants can be really annoying. I I wear shorts all winter long, not all the time. Yeah. Like I have pants, but if I'm just popping over to the grocery store, I'll wear shorts a lot. Yeah. And I must point out as well for our listeners in the UK. So pants by pants, we say trousers for pants. <laughs> pants for us are underwear. <laughs> so we're obviously meaning trousers. <laughs> She's talking about trousers. <laughs> so when that's get lost in translation there. Um, I right. also, <laughs> go, 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 go. also like um a lot of times we want things that are sparkly. So there's sequins yes. or there's just glitter like mm glued to the dress or there's like an overlay of fabric that's covered in glitter or there's rhinestones and those it's like wearing tiny knives (laughs) rhinestones are like wearing tiny knives I grew up as a dancer oh wow and I would go I would do dance recitals and I always whenever I got my dance costumes I would I would be not super pleased if they had rhinestones in the armpits because it just feels like a cat just clawing at the underside of your arm (laughs) I dealt with it it's not like you have to wear those for super long but uh, (laughs) those were not something I'd wear for just uh convenience yes not to mention hard pinchy shoes the hallmark of Christmas yeah well no there's actually a hallmark that makes Christmas movies but the (laughs) 
the generic hallmark of Christmas is little girls running around wearing shoes that look like they're made just 3D printed of plastic. Those things are hard as a rock. Technically, they're fake leather. You could probably use them to open a coconut. And (laughs) (laughs) And little boys wearing ties that they have never worn in their lives. They're like, great. I'm just gonna suffocate now. Yeah, and there's like little waistcoats as well. I've done it as a parent. I've put my kids in these things. I'm feeling really bad, but like little waistcoats as well. They're not great, you know. Those little yeah that you put them. and hats. Lots of Christmas hats. I can imagine that's it was annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what sort of Christmas hats people wear in Britain. <laughs> like you know, like a I have absolutely hat. no context. You just like walk around like Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> no. <Christmas>. I- <laughs> Here is your top hat, little boy. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> yeah, a sensory nightmare, those hats. No, they like the Christmas Santa hats that I'm sure we all wear. We're not that different from you, Alora. <laughs> oh, yeah, those things. So much of Christmas stuff is mass manufactured because they know you're just going to throw it away or yeah, toss yeah, it in the yeah. box. You're not going to wear it all year long. So it doesn't have to be comfortable. Like the inside of those Christmas hats is just like glued plastic a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, like yeah. it's plastic material. Um, there's so much cheap Christmas stuff that is really scratchy mm-hmm. on the inside. Oh, tinsel. Do you have tinsel in America? Do you put tinsel on your trees? Yes, yeah, we I do. Putting them around the around kids. Do you know what I mean? That must be a nightmare. <laughs> I would not want tinsel around my. Oh neck. my gosh. Also, like fake fur. You ever have something with a fur lining, but it's supposed to be super plush? So, yeah. So it's just like a thousand tiny plastic feathers, just like draping against your skin it's like a perfume commercial just like something tantalizingly touching your face except it's awful if you're in the store and not a perfume commercial (laughs) perfume commercials look like a sensory nightmare they're always like dripping women in syrup and stuff i don't know what they do weird stuff Absolutely. You ever see a commercial that makes no sense, but no one's talking? It's a perfume commercial. It's <laughs> just like a goat flying through space and a woman scantily clad sitting on his back with angel wings. Give it 20 seconds and they're going to say, Parfum, uh, de parfum. <laughs> By any company ever. <laughs> Never going to be able to watch a um, perfume advert ever again. <laughs> Moving back to the conversation we were having, though, um, changes in routine. So another issue that <laughs> we, we didn't finish with sensory. We oh, even go back. Sensory clothes. Yeah, oh, I There's have a question so much later else on. that's let's, sensory let's... overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do let's do sensory overwhelming other things then. What about Christmas lights and lights in general and that side of things? You, you have you ever walked through the neighborhood on Christmas and there's like a bunch of Christmas lights and there's always a couple people who didn't decorate maybe they're older they're going somewhere else or they don't celebrate Christmas which is allowed just a lot of people around I'm sure that a lot of people in England celebrate Christmas yeah 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 That's the and a lot of people here like you, you don't have to but practically everyone does mm-hmm. um and then there's always that one house that decides that it needs to be a rave and they've got <laughs> 47 strands of lights and a strobe effect and in the background there's Mannheim steamroller cover of any Christmas carol ever it's like 
Christmas. And that is just the first thing that comes to mind when you say sensory light. No, but there is a lot of flashing lights around Christmas. I personally think that they're really charming when you're walking through the neighborhood and there's like, it's a beautiful sensory experience. It's it's dark and you don't have a bunch of bright lights. It's just little ones that you can look at and it glows. It's so nice. But there's always that one family who's like, you know what this Christmas means? (laughs) A 90s rave aesthetic. Gosh, yes, definitely. So, so about, I would I would recommend that parents not be that house. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm supposed to pro- provide advice to parents here. And, and I feel like I'm both yeah. very qualified, but also not qualified at all. You are I 100%. am autistic. Yes, you are 100%. not a parent. No, but you are 100% <laughs> qualified because you have the lived experience of being autistic, which is way more important and way, makes you way more unqualified than any other, you know, expert in autism you're definitely more qualified oh yes I agree but I've never raised a child <laughs> that's true but you can give advice what I hear <laughs> in terms of like a teacher in a classroom then because I know I don't know if it ha- I imagine it does in classrooms in the UK we often have like a Christmas tree in the classroom we might have some fairy lights would you advise teachers perhaps to tone it down a little bit at Christmas in their classrooms Honestly, I'm more concerned if, if the overhead lights are down or not, because just like uh, nice, yeah. gently twinkling lights in kind of a dim room can, for me at least, just be a gorgeous sensory experience. Yeah. I think a lot of the time, just normal lights are too bright. Um, I've never had too much issue with lights along the side unless, okay, hold up. There's this thing in Oklahoma City near where I live and it's called Christmas City or North it's North Pole City mm-hmm. and it's a store that celebrates Christmas all year round that one I do believe I've been in it and I I think that one has quite a lot of lights <laughs> that I might say that's too much light that's too much so not not based that classroom on that without my sunglasses <laughs> I, this is why I wear sunglasses everywhere yeah. I'll put them on in the grocery store <laughs> but um yeah I personally I don't think some gently twinkling lights in the corner are particularly jarring I'm more concerned with the overhead lights and the music I love Christmas music I really do but if you're trying to hold a conversation in a room and there's 20 other people in the room and there's also Chuck Berry singing run run Rudolph on repeat (laughs) that's a lot (laughs) It's, like, it's, it's a really good point. And I think it's something people need to be aware of, isn't it? Like around Christmas time, thinking what, <laughs> knowing the children, I suppose, in their care as well, maybe asking them, like, like you said, for you, twinkling lights that are gentle is a lovely sensory experience. For some, it will be, for some, it won't be. And I suppose it's asking children what, what works for them, what's nice for them and what is too much for them, perhaps. So then they can help decide what that environment's going to be like for them. I think a good rule of thumb might be to think of, think of having something with you that um, helps deal with sensory issues, like maybe sunglasses or noise canceling headphones or just earplugs. And then ask yourself, would it make a big difference if I were wearing sunglasses? And that can help you tell if the room is like really bright or not, because everyone has a different baseline. But just if you're, if you're concerned about whether the room is too bright for your kid, just ask, you know, would it, 
be useful to me to have sunglasses I mean it might make it nicer okay maybe this room is a bit bright yeah yeah oh, would it help if I had noise canceling headphones you know I'm like oh okay this room might be too loud just just ask yourself if you took it down a notch would that be convenient and useful and if so yeah. then it's probably necessary <laughs> for your artist to get of course every kid is different yeah you know absolutely yeah, that makes a lot of sense I'm any other sensory, before I move on to my other question, because you did say I hadn't finished the whole sensory experience of Christmas. So is there anything else sensory-wise that I need to be aware Everything of? Everything sensory-wise. <laughs> Christmas is full of new experiences, and new experiences are always going to be full of new sensory experiences. Yeah. Like, have you ever been to a living nativity and they've got, like, a live camel? I'm just not saying I'm not been to a river live camel. <laughs> You don't? I live in Oklahoma. We have weird farms all around here. There's like an emu farm. There was an alpaca farm. We've got alpaca farms. I know we have a gator farm somewhere in the state. (laughs) Not sure how that would work. We just have weird. (laughs) No, that's a terrible idea. Don't bring that. We just have. (laughs) You've never had a living nativity that's just got like a goat and some sheep and a camel. I think I've been to one with a, a maybe with like a donkey and a sheep, but like, yeah, camels are quite hard to come by, aren't they? <laughs> Not around here. Not around I mean, we don't there. just see them going down the road, <laughs> usually. You forget that in the United States, there's more space to fill up with weird stuff. I You're all crammed together in that island. Mm. So you've got to be selective. <laughs> we had more space Here to reject the, the camels. <laughs> Here in the Midwest, anything goes. I've ridden so many elephants in my life. You don't even know. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, I used to do it every year growing up at the medieval fair. <laughs> every year as a kid. That was just normal. It's like once a year you ride an elephant, you take a picture. Yeah, we've got you eat a giant turkey leg the size of your head. That's just Wow. I need to come to Oklahoma. This sounds awesome. Of course, on the other hand, you have walkable communities where you can actually just walk someplace. That is and true. here in the United States, if you walk for like 10 minutes a lot of times you're still in the neighborhood (laughs) you're not going anywhere I've been watching Ted Lasso and he just walks down to a store to get stuff I'm like how do you do that you don't have to get gas or petrol (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's the right word I said it a little just petrol That's not the point. The point is camels might be overwhelming for autistic kids or they might look at that and say, wow, that is my new special interest. And they go home and say, mom, I know what I want for Christmas. Anything with a camel on it. And then you're good to go. Yeah. The point is Christmas is full of wild cards and lights and music and clothing are some big ones but the truth is there's just so many wild cards and your kid might like them your kid might hate them uh every autistic is different autism isn't a personality type you know there are some autistics who love roller coasters because of the extreme sensory experience there's a lot of autistics who hate roller coasters (laughs) because of the extreme sensory experience it's like a whole bunch of us are born just thinking we need to turn down the world and ever so often one autistic is just like you know what this world really needs me in a jetpack you know I just like some people 
that's just what they know. I'm sure that there are parents at home who are nodding like that's yeah kid. yeah yeah definitely <laughs> Oh, oh, that's yeah, really, really interesting. Um, so in terms of change of routine, because I know that can that can be problematic for lots of children, in particular children <laughs> who are autistic. Um, what's it like, or what was it like from your point of view, going from like weeks at school to then suddenly being at home for Christmas? You've got family coming to say loads of changes. You know, staying up late, going to events. Was that was that tricky? Well, I was homeschooled, so ah, so that was the same. <laughs> And a lot of times at Christmas break, like we'd have work to finish, Yeah. but it would actually be like, there was something we're a little behind in and something we're a little ahead in. So a lot of times at the end of a school semester, we just sort of taper off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which in hindsight was really good for my autism. Absolutely. Getting adjusted. So it'd be like one day I do all my schoolwork and then the next couple of days I do half my schoolwork and then I do one subject the last couple of days and we're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In hindsight, that was great. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't realize you're homeschooled. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was so it was, yeah, um, it was cool. Yeah. I'm um, and then family members would come, but it would almost always be at our house. Yeah. So there was a lot that stayed the same. And in hindsight, I think that really helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard other autistics online talk about how they really don't like the holidays. And I'm like, what? But then the more I thought of it, preparing for this, I realized that there was a lot of stuff for the holidays that stayed exactly the same every year yeah growing up like I know already what's going to be on our table yeah come Christmas dinner no problem I know that some people like to switch it up my family I can name we're going to have green bean casserole we're going to have stuffing we're going to have rolls we're going to have cranberry sauce we're going to have olives just sitting in a little bowl even though we can have olives anytime all year (laughs) round but at this point we need to have olives. Why? I don't know, but I'm not messing with what works, okay? <laughs> there's gonna be turkey. There's probably gonna, there's gonna be like a ham or a, a reduced sodium turkey or something. There's gonna be more than one meat option. It's And then we're gonna have several relatives. Yeah. And we're just gonna eat a whole bunch. And then the next day we are going to eat more and then we are going to make the leftovers into a pie, a leftover pie. And then yeah. we were going to eat that for a few days. Like, I know the schedule and that's just the food. I know the food schedule. Christmas morning, we wake up and we have like this egg casserole thing and also a Swedish tea ring. Like, I, I know the exact dishes we're going to have at what time, what the schedule is going to look like. I can tell you who's going to sit in what chair. Yeah. So, yeah. Your advice so, potentially is that to keep, it is, I suppose there's a big change in terms of day to day, but it's not a change each year, year on year, it's the same each year. Yes. And so I, you know, I can't speak to parents because I I know that there's a lot that is out of your control. You know, maybe you, you need to go across the country and visit family there and they can't come to your house. I'm not saying you should do everything like my family does, but I think that there's a real value in holiday traditions. I know sometimes parents can be like, why can't we change up the traditions? I don't understand why they're so important to the kids. But I think to some kids, it gives them a level of control over the situation. We know X, Y, Z is going to happen at this specific time. And this is how it's going to go. And it's good for autistics to have a certain level of predictability. And if you can't provide that level of predictability, um, by consistency year by year, there's no rule that says you can't just tell your kid. Um, 
you could make like a little Christmas binder for your kid. Mm -hmm. You could print out pages with pictures. Uh, like you could have a little calendar. And if your kid doesn't read, um, it could be like a little symbol for every day of December that you have a party on. So the kid can look and say, today we have no parties. Tomorrow we do have a party. I will be prepared for tomorrow. I don't know why I'm talking like that. No <laughs> kid speaks like that. Uh, um, you could have a page that has what's going to be on the menu for Christmas dinner. Yeah. Just so the kid knows that we're going to have turkey and rolls and pie and whatever. You're like, oh, okay, got it. We know what we're having. I think that a lot of the things for kids, especially like autistic kids, that causes problems is just that autistic kids are already so out of touch with any sort of control over their environment. Yeah. Because the world isn't built for us. The world is built with everything, levels of light, levels of sound, textures, whatever, that don't really work for us. So your kid is probably already feeling a bit out of control. And then you change everything you eat, everything you wear, everywhere you go and everything you do. And your kid <laughs> probably gonna feel a bit overwhelmed. Yes. But I think a binder or a, a dry erase board or something. So your kid can see, I know, even just one of those paper chains where you tear off a link every day until Christmas. So your yeah. kid can see how long until Christmas, even something as simple as that can work. So um, you could, you could let your kid know ahead of time what food you're going to eat and where you're going to go in the schedule. Some yeah. other things you could put in that binder or wherever you're doing this, if you want to do it, um, is what family members are coming with a little yeah. picture of the family members. So they That's know who's really coming. Things yeah. like that. And what's going to happen on Christmas Day, what the schedule is. It doesn't have to be super sharp, but it could be like we open stockings and then we eat breakfast and then we open presents. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but just if the kid knows, okay, breakfast is in between stocking and presents, that can make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could tell your kid in that binder um, if there's any days that they have to wear special clothes so they can pick them out ahead of time so they can find clothes that they like from their closet that still look special things like that yeah that's so helpful really really good advice and I imagine as well like for because we have our audience is sort of parents and teachers so teachers listening mm -hmm. as well they could implement oh, yeah, those... no 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 don't worry but they can implement <laughs> those strategies in their classroom because I don't know what it's mm -hmm. like we have a lot of Christmas events in the last few weeks of term at school so there'll be the nativity there'll be like Christmas carols there might be doing um I don't know Christmas cards for school they might have a special Christmas dinner and things like that at school it could they could do exactly the same as you've suggested couldn't they they could have that routine written down what's going to happen on which day mm -hmm. pictures if they need to to relate back to just to help prepare them would you think yeah and it doesn't idea? have to be it doesn't have to be fancy it can be like putting cut out some Christmas trees and put them on the wall for each day until Christmas and yeah tear one down you know it it doesn't have to be fancy, but it helps kids to visualize things. I think this is one of the reasons that I really like advent calendars. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Also, little trinkets. <laughs> I love trinkets. <laughs> trinkets are chocolate, you know. But yeah, There's always something fun in there. That's a really good point. It's not because I, I like advent calendars because I like my Cadbury's one with chocolate in it. Um, But it's, I appreciate as well it's a countdown isn't it it's showing you how how many days left until Christmas so yeah you could use it for the same mm -hmm. purpose as that that's a very good point any other challenges about Christmas <laughs> anything else that it brings 
I'll tell you why I'm so absent-minded. I got a ring light so that you could actually see my face really well. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's a sensory so thing where every time I, I look here, Mine's there's the too same. much So I keep going off to the side. You'll be like, how's it going? And I'm like, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm absent-minded. It's just such an autistic thing. I didn't think about it until I started. What's but it I'm like, like I, I, want my, I want my face to look nice. Like, this is what it looks like off. It's really oh my gosh, it's exactly <laughs> this, this. I'm sitting next to a window. <laughs> I've been going through that sensory nightmare. I've been like reason. having trouble thinking because I'm so focused on the light. And this freaking window next to me. <laughs> oh, One more time, what's the question? <laughs> Are there any other get, challenges? Right. <laughs> Are there any other challenges that Christmas brings for autistic children that I've not thought of? <sighs> Well, let me think. <laughs> um, well, we've talked about how it can be very different sensory-wise. Yeah. But one thing I didn't touch on is when you're cooking a bunch of food, the entire house smells drastically uh, different. Yeah, that's a good point. Or you're lighting candles. Or you bring in a live Christmas tree, which is now dead because you killed it. Um, or whatever. There's a lot of new smells around Ooh. Christmas. And it's easy to overlook those. Yeah. If you're not someone sensitive to smells, but I would just encourage people to maybe limit them or you know what? COVID's still around. It's a beautiful time to get an air filter because a lot of those have iron. Now, what's it called? Activated charcoal, I think is the kind of filter that actually gets rid of odors as well. So just having a little air filter, it's good for your health. And it can also help keep your entire house from smelling like turkey for the whole day maybe just let it smell like turkey for half a day (laughs) (laughs) a little air filter never hurt anyone ventilation Uh, as well a few windows open just to waft that air through isn't it cold in winter though yeah it is quite cold (laughs) i'm like i feel like britain is also cold i'm no it is yeah it's because we're recording the christmas episode in october so i'm actually quite hot in this jumper (laughs) as soon as this is over i'm getting into my pajamas which are significantly shorter sleeve (laughs) i take naps that's the fun thing about working from home on my own terms being being an online creator is yeah. just really great for me as an autistic person because I can just take a nap every day That's cut awesome. that it doesn't even have to do with autism it's good it's great <laughs> for my autism but I feel like there are so many people out there yeah, yeah, yeah. who are not autistic who would just really really yeah. like <laughs> yeah. a good nap every day that's really good yes I would love a nap <laughs> Um, yeah. So, lastly, as it's our Christmas episode, before you go, what's your best Christmas joke, Laura? See, I saw this on the list of questions you sent me ahead of time, <laughs> and I thought about it not at all. <laughs> I do know a song I used to sing as a kid. Don't play this in front of your kids unless you want them to <laughs> sing it. We three kings of Orient are trying to sell some cheap underwear made of plastic, no elastic, 49 cents a pair plus tax. And we would (laughs) sing that over and over and over and over. And then we would sing it again. (laughs) Oh, 
<laughs> you have been such a brilliant and hilarious guest. I've, Thank you. I don't think I've ever laughed so much on a podcast. Can you share? I'm sure there'll be lots of people thinking, wow, <laughs> I need to look this lady up. So um, can you tell us links to your social media, your website, etc.? So if you, I'll put them on the podcast thing as well. But if you could tell people them, that would be handy. Well, on all my social media, I have a link tree so that people can follow my uh links to my other accounts so if you can just find one of my accounts you can find all my other accounts brilliant on twitter i'm one the number one schoolhouse yeah and i believe that's instagram too although it might be at online one room schoolhouse (laughs) i don't remember which one and then twitter uh tiktok is at online one the number one room schoolhouse but you can pretty much just search my name alora dodd a lot of the time and i'll come up and yep. if I don't come up, that's because I forgot to update my account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can do that. Before we end, are you doing good? It doesn't look like it's going to be a good Christmas for you. You've, yes. I've been answering so I'm many good. questions. I oh, feel like you should. Nobody ever asked me a question in a podcast. That's so lovely. Yes, I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Yeah, it feels like, obviously okay. when people listen to this and see this, it will hopefully be closer to Christmas than it is now. But at the moment, it feels yeah. like a very long way away. But yes, all's good. Thank you, Laura. No one's okay, ever asked good. me a question. <laughs> well, I didn't know if I was allowed to. Of course like, This are. is your question. Is it a one-way street or are we going back and forth? <laughs> is it more of a seesaw situation? I'm not sure. Wow, wasn't she amazing? And I'm so grateful to her for sharing her lived experience of being autistic. She gave such brilliant advice to help us support autistic children and young people over the Christmas period, as well as just being such a fantastic comedian. I should also add that I've popped links to resources on Twinkle that were helpful for supporting autistic children and young people at this festive time in the description below the podcast and on YouTube. So have a look at those. And thanks again for listening to Send in the Experts with me, Georgina Durrant. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, following us on social media, and I'll see you next year. Have a lovely Christmas.